Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commons Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. I am so excited for today's episode because it's with one of my favorite TikTokers. You guys know I've been trying to post more on that app and learn more about TikTok. And Kate Glavin is today's guest. She is a TikTok queen of New York City. She's also a tall queen. She's six feet tall. And she runs. She's a hoka girly. She's also known on TikTok for talking a lot about dating and just her life in New York City, running, all of it. And today we dive into topics like running, living in New York City, being a full-time content creator, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode with Kate. Before we get started, we are super close to a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you guys haven't done it, it takes 15 seconds and it's a completely free way to support. It helps the podcast by helping establish credibility. That means when I reach out to guests to come on the podcast, they're way more likely to come on if they see it, if it has that 1000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you guys haven't done that, it literally takes 15 seconds on Apple Podcasts and it would mean the world if you took the time to do that. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Commons Over Cold Brew Pod. We're almost at 5K on there. Love that little community we've created. And yeah, appreciate you all for just tuning along and listening. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. You guys have heard me talk a lot about Inside Tracker. That is because I've been working with them for a year now, and it has really helped tailor my diet and lifestyle to help optimize my own blood biomarkers. They also have new recovery pro tips that take personalized health recommendations to the next level by offering science-backed recovery techniques conveniently delivered after wrapping up your workout. Based on the specific duration and intensity of your workout, Inside Tracker will automatically provide you with simple yet specific guidance on the most efficient ways for your body to refuel and recover. This is the kind of personalized insight that's typically experienced with exclusive and really expensive sports dietitians, and now it's available to you within the Inside Tracker app. So basically all you have to do is connect your Garmin or Fitbit to Inside Tracker and be sure to turn on push notifications to be alerted of new pro tips. Then you complete your workout, sync your fitness tracking app within 30 minutes of your workout, and you automatically get your recovery pro tip following your workout. So this is just an added benefit that Inside Tracker has just started incorporating. You guys know I've loved working with the Inside Tracker. I find it has really helped me just feel better and track my progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching my performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So right now you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/emma. The link is in the show notes as always. That is insidetracker.com/emma for 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Now let's get into today's episode. Oh. 
Okay, Kate. Another TikTok star. I'm fangirling. I followed you for a while now, so I'm excited to have you on the podcast and get to know you a little more because we've never actually talked. Yeah. So I'm excited to chat over this podcast. We love a fellow tall TikTok girly. We love a running <laughs> queen. We were talking earlier before about like running stuff and already vibing about all of our, you know, mutual passions and things we're into. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to come on the shot. Yeah. I I think the first time I saw you, it was definitely on TikTok, obviously. And I definitely followed you because you were you're six feet tall, right? Yeah. Like you were six feet tall, six foot tall running. New York City queen. And I was like, uh, I need to follow this girl because there's not that many of us out there. Not that we gotta many. stick together. <laughs> and you are a, a runner runner, and I am a late bloomer of a runner. I've been running for about on two years, three years, maybe. Uh, I played volleyball my whole life. And so now I'm like, you know, I feel like a gazelle on ice sometimes when I run. And so figuring out what to do with the limbs, like props to you for doing it through puberty because I was playing volleyball. So I was like jumping and I felt really, I was so unathletic. Um, but yeah, feel you. I feel we're like the late bloomer. My mom said she definitely peaked as an athlete when she was like 28. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so maybe there's some some of that for us as well. Yeah, that gives me hope. Jeez, I'm not done yet. I'm about to whip yeah. out my spikes, get back on the track really quick. Yeah, why <laughs> not? Kidding. Not even close to doing that. Um, well, that's I mean that's interesting, but you're actually really good at running. Like your times are fast. You're not you're not jogging out there. You know, you're you're literally running the sevens. Yeah, that's you know when I first started, I was in the nines, and I was I didn't really consider myself to like when I okay when I first started running. I quit volleyball my junior year. That's like my introduction to running of college. So I played at NYU. I've been playing since I've been in like fourth grade. My mom is a professional volleyball player. She runs a facility. So it was like the gym was my second home, which like oh, probably very relatable for people. And we're going through the recruiting process, the shit of that. I'm sure you are familiar with that as well. Talking to coaches, coaches ghosting you. You realize like go on visits and all that shit. So then I got to NYU um, when I was a freshman and my coach was fired. Then we got a new coach my sophomore year. I'm like, what are the years in school? I almost said junior year. Yikes. <laughs> um, got a new coach my sophomore year. And then the summer I trained the whole preseason before my junior year. And I played in like the first like preseason tournament, whatever the fuck. And I remember my mom was here watching and I like stayed with her in the hotel versus like staying in my shitty like apartment just because I was like, my mom's in town. Let's go to the hotel. And it was after our, our games were done for that weekend. And I remember like laying in my hotel bed with my mom and I was just like started crying. I was like, mom, I just, she's like, I know. She's like, Kate, you call us crying every single year of college from August to December. Every other time of the year, you are a happy fucking camper. We, we can barely get a hold of you because you're so happy to be in New York City. Like volleyball is the common denominator why you are sad. And it was so hard to hear because my mom, professional volleyball player, that's her whole thing. I felt like I was like letting down my mom, but it felt really cool and rewarding that my mom was the one that was like allowing me to have that freedom and like make that choice. And so I remember that Monday I went into the gym with all my uniforms and stuff like that. And I just told my coach, I was like, this is not for me. And I want to, you know, work and intern and be able to like actually live in New York city and get what I'm paying for with this fucking private university experience. <laughs> and then I had to realize like, what am I doing with my body now? And so that's how I got into running. My mom's always like 
jogged around and done stuff like that. And yeah, I just put on shoes and I was like, I'm going to run to the Statue of Liberty today, see if I can make it that far. Uh, so it wasn't like, I never really cared about my pace and stuff like that until recently. Now I feel like I actually have a running schedule, but still much of a newbie about it. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Was your coach like mortified when you walked in the office? Uh, no, I think he saw it coming. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I haven't really talked about my college experience a lot, like on the internet or anything. I get asked about it here and then because people knew that I quit. It just wasn't a fit. I think NYU, so it is division three. So that's another reason why I think there's a lot of turnover because you're not on athletic scholarship. And so I was on full academic or not full, but academic scholarship for my money. And a lot of girls were quitting. And like when people started working, I just think it's a city school and like sports, like we would have to trek to like Brooklyn to go play at the engineering school to practice on the subway. Like we would have to go to Pace University to practice sometimes. Like it was a shit show. And we were like a very like bad team uh, when I was on the team. So it was also just not fun. It was not fun to go and like lose all the time, especially when you like grow up in high school and college and you're like winning and like really competitive and love your team. So I think it was fine. I mean, my coach, I, I don't really talk to him now, but I know he like follows me on social media and like lurks on what I'm doing, which is kind of weird. So yeah, yeah. just following up, making sure you're doing well. That's yeah. Just nice. checking Hopefully. in on like how you're being a girl boss now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you went to school, like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine you going to college in New York city. Did you want to, did you know that you wanted to stay in New York after and like do something work-wise there? So I, when I was like 16 and 17, I was like, fuck Minnesota where I'm from originally. Love it. Love it there. Um, Didn't love high school, but I was like, fuck it. I want to go to New York. Like had my, you know, my starry eyed dream of like New York city, my family, like, and I visited, I think once or twice and did like touristy shit. And so then when I was going through the college process, I was like, I really want to go to New York if that works out. Like I was looking at all the schools I possibly could play volleyball at and like NYU was the best one. So ended up here. I originally was working in fashion. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. I was at this school at NYU called Gallatin School of Individualized Study, where like you make your own major, you do your own thing. There's no requirements at all, which is really nice. And that's what attracted me to this school because I was always interested in politics and fashion. And I didn't know which one was going to be a primary interest or I guess lead to a career or feel the most fulfilling and stuff. Um, And I just didn't see like any intersections between them. So I started working in fashion, like I took a fashion internship when I was 18, like while I was on the volleyball team in August and I was like in the city, I just remember like woke up at 5am, got to volleyball practice, went to my classes, went to an unpaid internship, went to another volleyball practice and just like was hustling, hustling around. Like I go through my camera roll sometime and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Like Sometimes I, was, I think about college and I'm just like, I don't know what I was on. It was just like freshman year. I was like, I was out of my house from literally 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. And I wasn't even that tired when I got home. Oh no. And then I would get up and do it again the next day and like lift and run and volleyball and all that stuff. And New York is so walkable too, that I'm like, how the fuck? And most college parents are too. I'm just like, how was I always moving? And how was I studying? Now I'm like, oh my God, if I had to write an essay, yikes. (laughs) Like I have no brain cells left. I'm entering the smooth brain era. I said on TikTok this week. I literally saw that today. I was like, I "I cannot have any more thoughts. Like no one expect anything uh, intelligent of me. I've, I've retired from that. Um, so it's definitely overwhelming, but I think I really was craving that when I came to the city, I was like, I want to make, like, I want to make myself here in New York. Like, I didn't really know, I think if like what I was going to end up career-wise, like I said, I quit doing fashion my freshman year and then I pivoted over to doing politics. So I was working in nonprofit world, like feminist organizations, worked at a government tech startup. And then the pandemic kind of sabotaged my college education. So 
I was in my junior year spring when the pandemic hit. And so I was laid off from where I was working as a research assistant at this government tech thing. I was doing research for a law professor. And then I was just like, ugh, like what the fuck's the point of being in New York? But some of my classes were still online too. So like I had, or were in person. So I had to be here. Um, and then I graduated in December, 2020 of the pandemic, which was a semester earlier. And I was like, what do I do for a job? Like I was applying for the most random as fuck jobs because everything went remote. Like I was applying for my home state senator in Minnesota because technically you never had to report there. I applied to be a soul cycle instructor. I went through that. Uh, random social media jobs, like being paralegals, like political, like legislative affairs stuff. And I ended up getting a job like eventually uh, after three months of like unemployment, but it was all remote. So I worked at this climate newsletter called Currently. Um, and I was there as of until like December of 2021. And then, yeah, as since then, now I'm doing full-time social media stuff. So I don't really have to be in New York, which is something I've been recently thinking about just with like having to pay rent every single month. I'm like, damn, it's expensive to be here and just be like fucking around on TikTok, but I do like it. So I guess it has prompted me to stay this long. Yeah. When I was living in New York, it was just so expensive. Like, yes, the rent was expensive, but just the lifestyle is expensive. Like I would easily spend, I feel like hundreds of dollars every weekend, just like going out to eat and then going out with my friends. It was absurd how much money that you can spend in that city without yeah. even like, thinking about it. And then everyone's just okay with it. And then we're just like, okay, this is what we do. We paid $25 for one cocktail. That's normal. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like necessities and stuff, like I could just go run errands and then I'm like, why was this so expensive? I remember going it to the bodega on the corner with a $5 bill to go get a kombucha. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to have my kombucha. And then I like go in there, I get my kombucha, I take it to the counter and he's like, 573. I'm like, 573, I never paid that much for a kombucha in my life. I only have $5. And then he covered the rest for me. But then I was like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like indebted to you now. Yeah, then I was in debt to the bodega guy on the corner, but it was just absurd. Like the necessities are so expensive as well. Yeah. And then anytime I go back home to Midwest, like I go grocery shopping with like a fucking cart and I'm just like taking my damn time. I also think pandemic has made grocery shopping like not as fun, which used to be like one of my geriatric like rituals that I love grocery shopping (laughs) and just like being a grandma, like inspecting everything and like trying new stuff. And also like I grocery shop in a very inefficient way. Like I will go to like a million different places across the city just to be annoying. Yeah. I was going to say, where do you grocery shop there? Yeah, I split, I say I split my time between big Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I found that Whole Foods is like you can get kombucha for like three dollars there versus going to a bodega and it's like up charge, you know? Yeah. But I, I have a lot of weird like health stores that I go to, like in around the city that are like little special pride and joys. Um, East Village Organic is good, commodities is good, lifetime natural market health and harmony um <laughs> there's one called the health nuts that my friend emma who i podcast with and i go up there every now and then but it's like on it's like the upper west side so i'm like why am i going uptown to go get something i can get down here but i have done it before it's i have gotten experience on a, yeah i have gotten on a revel and acted like i was in a lizzie mcguire movie to go uptown and go get those things scared me. i never i never hopped on one of those i was the city bike gal and when i first yeah. moved there I did not know that the electric city bikes existed. So I fully biked from Greenwich Village all the way to um, East East Village track or whatever it is across the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever bridge that is. Yeah. I've never been so tired in my life. I was giving life on the way to track practice. And then on the way back, my friends were like, why don't we just take an electric one? And I was like, electric one? 
And then my life was changed. And then I refuse to take a normal city bike now. Yeah. I, I always hate when I see someone that's taking an e-bike and they're not going over a bridge. I'm like, there should just be a priority pass schedule where you have to like kind of clock where you're going. But yeah, Revel, I, I take those every now and then. My parents have mopeds back in Minnesota. So like, apparently everyone in my family says I'm a bad driver, whatever. Um, but <laughs> That's I, why you're I, in New York. So you don't have to. I know. No, my dad suddenly on the phone one time was like, okay, I kicked you off the driver's insurance. And I was like, thank you. He's like, well, you never drive anyway. I'm like, I guess, but I'm kind of fucked now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love a good city bike. I love the e-bikes and what else? Yeah. The e-bikes one time over the summer in 2020, when the protests were happening for black lives matter, they had this bike. There was a, a group that organized a lot of like bike protests. And so I was like, Oh, that'd be so cool to like go and like bike and see the city. And they went to like all the boroughs and did this like bike thing frequently. And so one time I got, I joined them on a city bike. I was wearing the exercise dress of like the polka dot exercise dress just hauling ass on a city bike. And like, those things feel like peanut butter sometimes if you're like going up a hill and everyone else had their smooth bikes and they're like professional fucking like bikers. I, I checked my city bike stats and I biked 30 miles. We were up in Harlem. We went back down. Like we finished where the Statue okay. of Liberty is. Like, First of all, expensive. Gee. Yeah. He's like $100. Oh, no, no, no. I remember that day they did it for something like city bike had a promo code. Because yeah, yeah okay. that would have been. I was like, geez, rather than $100 your city bike <laughs> Yeah, like city bike better pay the organizations or something. Um, yeah, city bikes are wild out there. But now that there's snow, I haven't been able to go. So a little sad about that. Yeah, I don't know how people function in the snow there. Everyone just walks around, I guess, takes the subway. Yeah, it's all sloppy. I feel like everyone's your good shoes are kind of retired now. Yeah, um, I saw a few memes about it because like there's huge puddles and people have to like decide if they're gonna like jump over it and like risk everything or like walk around it in the path um, or the paths that people are like man making. Um, but yeah, I feel like it'll melt. It, it's pretty warm today. It's like 40 something. That's like my Minnesota. It's 40 something. It's so warm. I'm going to like wear yeah. my shorts. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if there's snow on the ground, you're like, please melt, please melt. Yeah. How do people run over there? Like in the snow? Do people, run? <laughs> I mean, people obviously run. I know people run. I see them running in the snow. Yeah. I like, it's hard. I think the hardest thing to get over to the river, like the Hudson river, that's like where I primarily go. Um, and so I run in the street. I like run in the bike lane. Um, some bikers probably fucking hate me, but I feel like that's the best way. And now the West Side Highway is paved, which is nice. But for the few days, it was like Bambi on ice situation. So <laughs> didn't seem a lot cute. of treadmill runs for a lot of people. Yeah. I saw. Yeah, not fun. I hate a treadmill. If there's one thing that Kate and I both like, it is to look absolutely stylish while running. And one of my favorite ways to do that is with one of my favorite sponsors, which is Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They're lightweight, comfortable, and they don't move when you run, which is the ultimate thing to look for when you're looking for running sunglasses, and they're only 25 bucks. They're no slip, no bounce, and they're all polarized and all fun. They have so many cool styles and colors, and the fact that they're all polarized is amazing for me because the sun shines really brightly here in San Diego, and I need a pair of sunglasses every time I go running. So I just grab one of my like 10 pairs I have from Gooder on my shelf and I'm out ready to go for my run and also looking stylish while doing it. Some say that they're the best sunglasses ever invented and I would have to agree with them on that. Literally every time I wear my Gooder sunglasses, I always get complimented on them as well, especially my pink ones, which is named See You at the Party Richer. They're like the perfect gift for athletes or just people that need a good pair of inexpensive, polarized, high quality sunglasses. Try them out now and treat yourself to a pair or two because you deserve it. Go to gooder.com, that is G-O-O-D-R.com, 
and get 15% off your entire order when you use code COLDBREW at checkout. All orders over $50 get free shipping in the US as well. That is 15% off with code COLDBREW at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back to chatting with Kate. So what's your favorite part about living in New York? I mean, you've been there for a while. Like what are some pros and cons? I'm very curious. Yeah, um, where should I start? Pros, I do think it's like the liveliness of the city and the diversity of the city is really interesting to me. Like from a more serious, like career professional angle, I think like you could do anything here. And that's a lot of what made like 18 year old me that was like scattered in so many directions want to come here. Cause I was like, oh, I could like work in politics or I could work in fashion or I could work in sustainability or like activism or something like that. Um, and with the diversity and just like the amount of different things you can do, just like the energy of the city, which is like such like a cringe, like I can't believe that it just came out of my fucking mouth. Um, <laughs> but as like a true introvert, like I don't really love like going out and like socializing. Like I have a very small circle, but I still feel like I'm, I don't know, like this may sound weird, but I feel like I'm getting social stuff when I walk outside my apartment. Like it, I mean, I you're think- around people literally 24 seven. Like there's, yeah. there's even when you're, traveling or you're walking somewhere there's always people around you're on the subway even though you're not talking to someone there's always people around you yeah and I think like if I lived in like a log cabin like far away or like Minnesota like I would isolate myself because I am an introvert and I just like wouldn't want to go out and do social stuff but I would actually just not see a person for five days so I think like mentally decline for me so I do really like that and I just love like people watching and like looking at weird strangers I love a good aimless wander around the city it's probably one of my favorite things I get comments on my TikTok and they're like no offense but you just walk around a bunch and I'm like yeah, here's the yeah. thing. I'm, I, I work freelance. I answer emails on my phone. Like I'm able to like do the TikTok stuff when I'm out and about. The things that I hate or do not like, um, let's think about that one. <laughs> oh, the loudness. So I live next to a parking garage. The ones where they stack the cars. Uh, it's oh. going to be a foreign concept for anyone that does not in New York. I was like, whoa, what is this? You know, it's good for good for sustainability reasons and like v- vertical, you know, building and stuff is good. But yeah, I live next to that. So I have this constant, nice, like ambiance of just cars stacking all day. Um, you know, I feel like people get a lot of like neighborly drama. I have some neighborly drama with the boys. There's these, like, I call them the boys. I made a TikTok about them and it ended up getting back to them. Um, just proof of that. Course. <laughs> I know I, I, it was on my burner too, which I had 20,000 followers. And so I'm just like, how did this fucking get over there? But they were like loud and I was studying for the LSAT last October and they were like, there were like people running up and down the hallway. And I went out there with like my like little glasses on and like my pajamas. And I was like, this will not be happening on Saturday, October 7th, like marketing your calendars. Cause I have the LSAT the next day. I'm, I think I'm maybe a year older than them. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm just acting this like will I'm, not be happening. Yeah. And so then they like wrote me a note and got me like chocolate and they're like, good luck on your LSAT and stuff. Oh, and then so I got nice. them here. But I also don't know if they're 21, so I, let's not talk to the authorities about that one. I might have okay. been serving underage people. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, so the noise, as much as I love that there's a lot of people, it can get really loud and noisy. People walking on the wrong side of the street. That's just a general thing. Um, hmm, grocery shopping. I do love like the big grocery shopping experience, and I kind of hate that it's you know, like you can't go into a Target and just get a bunch of shit. The Targets here are like garbage. Yeah, they're um, really bad. Yeah. So that sucks about it. I do wish there were more like subways that went east to west. Does that make sense for anyone? Like you can't really get across a lot of the times. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, I probably have a longer laundry list, but the cold, but I'm kind of used to the cold. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Minnesota, it's like, yeah, this is different or worse can it be? I know this is breezy stuff. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think I like it overall. I, you know, I've been here for like four and a half years. So I am kind of thinking about like, where do I want to be? And like, is this where I have to be and stuff? Oh, I also think like, yeah, like you're saying everything's so expensive. This, the kind of social FOMO stuff, I think that's like escalated where people just feel like, oh, if you don't go out, like you're missing out for something. Um, It's really hard to make friends here too. I think like, I think people underestimate that, you know, if you're working somewhere, maybe you could find coworkers or if you're in school, it's like an organic opportunity to meet people. But like, you're not just going to go like stop a random person on the street and be like, you want to go hang out today? Like, yeah, I think it's really, it's really difficult to find people. You could probably find people, but people that you actually want to be good friends with that you have common interests with is pretty difficult in the city. I feel like Uh, you have to have some sort of like hobby that you know you want to pursue when you get there so that you have opportunities already to make friends. Like if you go there being like, I don't know what I want to do and I don't know what I want to take advantage of in the city, then it would be hard to make friends. Yeah. But like for me, when I moved there, I was like, okay, I want to interact with the running community. I mean, granted, I mean, I was probably just privileged with having the platform that I already had to already knew people that lived in New York or like old college friends or just whatever. So I feel like I made friends really easily, but I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have like the running circle, because that was the only people I made friends with. Yeah. Like I remember I made friends like my first year of school and it wasn't even people at NYU. Like I could, I'm not really a social butterfly and I probably could name like under 20 kids first and last name that went to NYU just because like, it's a city school. Like after freshman year, everyone moves wherever they want off campus. Like you really lose track of people unless you make an effort to stay friends with them. But I met a lot of people that went to the fashion Institute in Parsons and NYU. And there used to be like parties at this one vintage store in Brooklyn that we'd all go to. And we always like talk about like, oh my God, remember we all went to the break vintage and just like went and they're like endless rosé and all this stuff. So luckily I think like, yeah, school was nice. But if I was moving here right now, I would just like probably be like paralyzed by that because then I think there's this learning curve too where like everyone's like, don't go to Phoebe's and don't go to this place and don't go to town. And you're like learning a new language as well. Especially with TikTok. TikTok is really overwhelming. It's like the top 10 places you need (laughs) to go to New York or the top 10 places you wouldn't be caught dead at in New York. And you're like, oh, I went there last night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing that right now. Yeah. And then people are fighting in the comments and they're like, that's the coolest place ever. You're sleeping on it. And you're like, I don't know what to do. It is no, really overwhelming. It's a very overwhelming city, but I mean, people I do obviously think love TikTok it. TikTok so. shit has like, I don't know, in some means it has like not democratized it, but people now like kind of have more access to information than yeah. I think I did. Like I genuinely did not know about like all these bars that people were talking about in TikTok until like people just were making all those corny videos. It was um, kind of helpful though. Like, I mean, yeah. I definitely got some good, some good recommendations. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got the vibe of places before having to like go and like be traumatized there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think TikTok is kind of now like unleashed a new, like all those cringy, like day in my life in New York City. Like I- mm, So much romantic- romanticization of New York City. It's honestly bizarre. I'm like, what is this? And like, I, you know, no tea, no shade, but also some tea, some shade. Like I have been in rooms with some of those people that like make those videos, like influencer things, like the year of 2022, not going to anything with like New York city influencers. Cause it's like cringe, <laughs> but I'm just, it's like so interesting how they do segregate themselves to live in a bubble that is just like exclusively people that look like them, same class background. Like all of them are, 
you from the same like three states and like wear the same designer shit and do the same stuff. Like it was just so awkward when I think this TikTok stuff, a lot of people really think that they are like the only person in the world, like regardless of follower count, they like think everyone knows who they are. And people were asking like, so what's going to be your like pivot of your niche in 2022? And I'm like, literally just going to be myself, babes. Like, yeah. <laughs> calculated about some app like what the fuck and they're like well I think that people are tired of my videos like I was looking at my analytics yesterday and I was like bro log off log yeah off. I don't know now like I just feel like with TikTok the influencer craze is even more I mean it I feel like it's always been like people are like oh I want to be YouTuber I want to do this but with TikTok especially for the last two weeks all I've seen on my for you page is how to become how to make influencing your full-time job yeah. and I'm like this is going to drive everyone insane. Oh, everyone's like, going to go insane. Exactly. And I'm like, then everyone's just going to take the fun out of it. Like it's, I don't know, this platform shouldn't be about making it your full-time job. Like everyone should just make content for fun. I don't know. Every time I see a video and it's someone duetting and they're like, use this sound and it'll build. Ah. Like, ah. like the fact that your whole account is dedicated to fucking doing that, like shut up. And like the whole, everything my For You page is right now is like, seven seconds seven seconds and you'll get famous (laughs) i'm like shut up specifically one white dude that i really fucking hate all of his videos like he runs some like influencer agency in los angeles i think i don't really know but i know exactly i know who you're talking about (laughs) yeah i'm like bro you are so fucking cringe like i don't love your videos at all like uh i don't love your videos i don't i'm clicking not interested every single fucking time they're still coming up you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So what, how is your life as a, like a full-time influencer now? What is that vibe like? I mean, I've been self-employed for a long time, so I, I get it. I don't know TikTok specifically, but you do stuff on Instagram as well, I know. Yeah, full-time shit poster, as I say. Um... <laughs> full-time meme maker. I remember when I was like unemployed for a little bit because I started, my friend and I started our podcast when we were like finding jobs. My parents were like, so what'd you do today? And I'm like, well, nine to five pumping out memes about apple cider vinegar. It's tough being an essential worker in this economy. Um, So honestly with social media, I think, so I was in the process of applying to law school and I was working at this climate newsletter place in journalism. 
I was doing that in addition to the podcast and social media. And so it was like kind of doing four things at once. And I felt just very scattered when I look back at it now. Like, I think while I was in the grind of doing it, I felt very excited and like, oh, I have all these things that I can work on. Like they're all different. You know, if I'm bored of this one thing, I can jump over here. But looking back on it, I was like, yeah, you were all over the place. Like you were not thinking strategically. Like multitasking is such a fucking myth that like you can do everything at once. (laughs) Don't tell me that because my brain goes in five different directions every day. Well, that, but I mean, like, I don't know. I think there's a lot about like just really focusing on one task at hand. That's been like so much more beneficial for my work. Oh yeah, I know. I definitely get it. But no, my brain is. Well, my workflow is horrible. So I do it to myself. Yeah. I'm like, how was I in college? How was I taking AP classes? Like now it's jokes, but the, I think the transition over to going full-time, I just think the the financial side of social media was always a question mark to me. Like I didn't really start doing, I've done a lot of unpaid stuff on social media before, like fully just doing like so much content for brands. that didn't know that I like even should be charging and like, oh, they're yeah, running their emails for months. Oh shit. That was on a billboard. Like I should have probably gotten paid for that. Right. So it wasn't until like this is kind of funny how it started. Um, November of 2020. So when the election was happening, a lot of brands reached out to me because they're like, Hey, we know you're like a pre-law student in politics. Do you want to explain how to properly sign off your absentee ballot? Or what is the electoral college to our audience? And these were like makeup companies, like skincare. I'm like, Glossier, you want me to explain what like partisan gerrymandering is and like what, like what's happening like in Shelby County beholder? Like I can. So that, that was when brands started like approaching me with like money. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I can like be dumb in front of the camera and this is a job. Like I never valued it as a skill. I just thought that like, I think social media has been pretty intuitive for me since I was like ever on it. But it wasn't until then that I was like, oh, you can make money off of this. And I got on TikTok really late, uh, relatively. It was June of 2021. So like a full year after like everyone was twerking and doing all their dances and shit. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know why I would download this. I'm not a teenager trying to twerk. Like this is yeah, not- We all had that phase. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to have success here. And I got nudges from a lot of friends. Like you should just try it. You should just try it. And I got 10,000 followers like in under a month, which was just very odd because I was like, why are people like fascinated by me? And it was weird because like distant friends were like, oh, you live on my for you page. And I'm like, what is a for you page? Like what, what is happening here? Like, what am I doing? And it was just me posting dumb videos of me running or like yelling about something on the street. So I didn't really start taking it seriously. I think until I had both TikTok and Instagram to like monetize that I could like physically see, like, this is money that I can pay for my rent. Like I feel comfortable not going to law school and quitting my other job to do it. Um, and then in addition, like having the podcast and like doing the meme page and like anytime we do sponsored content, I kind of manage that. So I think it's been good just to feel like a little bit like, oh yeah, this is a skill. It's not just me like fucking around on my phone. Plenty of dudes on dates are just like, oh, like social media is like, and I'm like, bro, you analyze fake made up stocks every day of your life. That is made up stocks. Like you are playing with numbers. You are like playing God over the economy that you have no fucking control over Chad. So I think now it feels good that like, yeah, social media has like, it feels more of a serious adventure, though it's still fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's just a lot more people doing it now that people probably take it more seriously. When I went full-time in January of 2019, I feel like, I mean, I had no friends basically that were full-time social media people. So it was like very weird. And I mean, I was, I like definitely am a YouTuber through and through. That's how I got my start on everything. And like the running niche on YouTube is just so small too, that it just, it was like such a weird world to navigate because no one really was doing what I was doing. 
but now it feels good because I think more people realize the power of social media and how it, people can actually yeah. make a living off of it. And it's a more valid job. Totally. I don't to think say that. out loud. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a content creator. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, Lydia and I were literally talking about that. We're like, I'm not an influencer. I'm a content creator. Cause I create yeah. content. I like Maybe I influence dad, along the way. I don't know. <laughs> I asked my dad, I'm like, what do you like say your daughter does? And he was like, you work for brands. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I guess. Like, I guess I'd rather have that than you like say your daughter's like the next influencer. And I'm like, yikes. Like I never want to be like that. Like I, for me with influencer and social media, I think I feel very privileged to be able to do this for a job, but I don't see it as a career for me. Like, yeah, I was going to say, what do you want to do next? Or where do you want to go with your platforms? And like, what do you want to do? Yeah on after this yeah what's the vibes I I think like for a long time I thought law school was the next path and I think if the pandemic would have changed wouldn't have changed so much about school I probably would have been in law school right now but I think like yeah applying or taking the LSAT it like in my apartment and like just the the end of the college process was really tough to do online because there weren't like physical resources, you know, like you couldn't go to college and just like talk to the professor or something. You had to set up a Zoom meeting. I was laid off from my job and I thought that I was going to work there after graduating. So like a lot changed in terms of trajectories. And then I didn't really think like ever in a million dreams, like my friend and I would start a podcast about health and wellness. Like I didn't think that I would really get into the whole health and wellness space. Um, and so that has been another like pinpoint of like a new, a newer interest at least. Cause I was very much like the politics. Why do I have a, a package? <laughs> Is it the exterminator again? I was telling Emma before, you like I got to knock. Do you need knock. to go answer? No, nah, I think it's fine. I think they just were like, it's here. I don't know what it is. We'll okay. see. Maybe it's my exterminator going to kill my ants. There you um, go. <laughs> I do have ants, everyone. If just do your things. Yeah, it's super cute. It's not cockroaches though, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my interests for a long time were like politics, environmental stuff, climate change. And like my thesis in college, because we had to write a thesis because the school was like super pretentious, academic, like undergrad vibes. Um, I wrote it about political power building. And so like, where does politics come from? Does it come from inside institutions, i.e. those who run for office? Or is it outside of institutions and affecting them. So like activist organizations, social media as a catalyst for change. And that was like where my kind of question that I graduated college with still having unanswered. So I was like, oh, yep, I'm going to run for office. Like that's going to be how I like affect change in society and feel like I have a purpose in life. And now it's been weird that social media is my full-time job. And it's like, oh, wait, like, quote, I have an influence, right? Like this is affecting more change tangibly than I would if I was like shooting off emails at a nonprofit to like our members that are going to click it and not do anything with that action. So I think it's a really interesting opportunity um, in terms of like a five-year plan. I don't know. I probably, I don't know where I'll live. Um, I'm working on something in the health and wellness space with my friend starting a company there. So I think that's probably going to be the biggest uh, goal that I have and seeing that come to life is really exciting. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess just being a shit poster until shit posting does not make sense anymore. <laughs> it feels like being a child actor though. Like, I think that's the risky part about social media is like, there's going to be a child actor. Like, I what, so we're like, all going to go insane when we're older. Yeah. We're all going to like have our drug moment, except for like Hillary Duff, who's like cool now. Yeah. Um, no, I think like, you know, I feel like with social media brands are just going to be like looking for someone that's like, like you, but two years younger. And that's always like a fear that I have in the back of my mind. It's like, 
you're very replaceable. And that's how I kind of feel. And that's why it's like a little bit stressful that I feel like you have to keep like refining your niche or like gaining followers or getting more views. Like it's this constant pressure that you have to do more to stay relevant, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I I still feel like it's kind of risky to be like in social media, but at the same time, it's like feels very like a blessing, I guess, like a privilege to do, do it. Yeah. I mean, and there's always opportunities to I mean, if you don't want to do it anymore, you can always go get a normal job. I don't know. It's nice to be able to take advantage of the opportunity that you have. And obviously, like you said, being able to influence people with your platform or what you want to talk about yeah. more than you would just sending emails is obviously super awesome opportunity. So why not take advantage of it while you can? Yeah. And it's like weird too, because I think that's like always been a, a, a dream job when they survey like kids, like I want to be a YouTuber one day. Or like, It's so funny to even think about that, that that's I remember when I first started YouTube, someone sent me a link to that where it's like the number one most wanted job of kids right now is a YouTuber. I'm like, stop. That's so funny. (laughs) Like, no, like I'm going to get kicked off my parents' health insurance soon. It's going to be a disaster. (laughs) Like, yikes, like taxes coming up. Big yikes. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, like you're saying, I think there is always an opportunity to like reinvent yourself and like reinvent your platform. Like I've watched people on YouTube that fully have kids and like have a house now. And it's like, they have continued you know, doing it, which is just very interesting. But then well, it's like, that's why it's important to follow, like to be really authentic on your platforms. Yeah. And I mean, people obviously follow you for you. They're not following you for like, I don't know, tips on how to grow on social media. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's just more that sticks with people with personality. And like, if people follow people for personality, they're more likely to follow them throughout their entire journey of whatever they end up go- going to do, like becoming a mommy blogger, you know? Yeah. No, I, so, I totally I feel like that. Like, I feel like people that probably follow you just for like very serious running stuff, like love to learn different facts about you too. Like you're saying, like, it's not just like, yeah. I come here for my robot facts and I turn off. Like it's, yeah. It's a- well, if people were following me for really, I was talking to this with my friends yesterday. If people were following me for like really good running, they would have stopped following me a really long time ago. Cause like <laughs> I've been washed up now. So now are. they just follow me. I don't know why, but. <laughs> or it's like new followers and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, why, why are you following me now? Like it's, I don't know how your relationship are with like DMs and, and people in like the whole parasocial space, but it is interesting. I've gotten some griping DMs about like, I used to like love when you just did social media and posted with your friends. And now you just like talk about brands you're working with. And it's like, yeah, like, I don't know who you are stranger, but I guess you were following me when I was 16 in my parents' house and just like posting my artwork. That was really bad. Yeah. Sorry. I need money now. Like everyone's a socialist until rents do. Like it, I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. Um, I have to make money somehow. So yeah, that's been a weird part of navigating. Like the fact that I am using this to make money feels a little bit weird just from my political perspective, but I think I've gotten over it. You know, it's like, it's a very much a privilege to be able to work a job. Like if you're working a minimum, minimum wage job anywhere, like you don't really have a choice over like, I want to represent the values of this company. Like, no, they probably have a slimy CEO that work for your company anyways. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to be, I don't know, to be able to also just pick who you want to work with. Like, obviously yeah. we have that right to be able to choose like which brand deals we accept and which we don't. I what also, the- I don't really, I don't really mind it because I actually love products. Like I'm, it's so bad. <laughs> I feel like I, I just know. love consuming products. And I think- yeah people know that if they watch my stuff, like I just use so many like different products. I don't even know like, what are examples, but like every YouTube video I post, I feel like I'm just like always talking about different things that I'm using Yeah, because I truly love it. I don't yeah, know like, why that's like a part of my brand now, but 
no, it's like intuitive. Cause I think if people that are like minimalist, if they started just getting a bunch of like new stuff they didn't clearly use, like, I think here's what you're saying. Like branded ads are so clear when the person doesn't actually use the fucking product. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you've never put that shoe on your foot or like, you do not even know how to mix that together in this like recipe you're doing. Um, yeah. I'm like thinking about all of the cringe, like PR requests and stuff I've gotten. Um, I feel like probably <laughs> 80% of my emails, I don't have a manager or anything, so I do it all myself, but like 80% of the emails I get go straight to the trash. I got yeah, one from some Denny's. Some of them are really bad. I'm like, I got one from Denny's yesterday. Oh, Denny's kind of fire though. I don't know. I've never been there, um, <laughs> but I don't even know if they have a Denny's in New York. I'm like, I have a health it seems a little weird. Podcast. What? Yeah, <laughs> like I, it's a little I'm odd. posting about like sauerkraut most of the time and like probiotics. Like, I don't know if this is the exact fit. Um, Just send us my email. I'll email back. <laughs> Yeah, I'll to you. No, my sister got mad because I told her this one like protein bar company wanted me to send, but they like weren't paying and it was like just kind of a bad deal. They were just like, do three grid posts for free product. And I was like, absolutely never. I don't even use your product. So no. Yeah. But I told my sister because she likes the brand and she was like, could you just like send them to me? And I was like, yeah, if you want to post, like, yeah, I don't you know post on your account. I'll send, them, send yeah. them your email. Yeah, I'll just forward it to you guys, forward it to family members. Yeah. It's just such an interesting job. I always like connecting with people that, I mean, also do it like full-time because it is just interesting hearing people's perspectives. And now there's just more people doing it. So it's just like, I feel like there's more open discussion about it too, which is nice. Yeah. It's but really it, interesting about the money side of it. I feel like there's a lot of TikToks like, this is how much you should make, or this is yeah, how much- Yeah, but those, I mean, honestly, I don't even take those TikToks to heart because there's just so much information about the money side of everything on TikTok. I'm like, I don't believe any of this. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and not- yeah take advice from this random person that came up on my for you page oh literally same and like before I, I took social media seriously and I was just kind of doing this I thought I was gonna work in politics like I had a lot of friends that were content creators and they were kind of talking about how you know it's not regulated it's very random like what one brand will offer and then another what another brand will offer and I was like I should make a union for influencers to join and like regulate the pay and like do some sort of equity thing and I know that there are managers and stuff that like help you negotiate rates but I want there to be like an influencer union where everyone talks about how much they make, like what brands are shitty to work with, which brands have never paid an invoice that is beyond net 60 due. Cause I have a few of those in my books that have never fucking paid me. Um, Cause I think that would be like a, a good point versus people being like another, it's like this weird hacking mentality where it's like, hack the algorithm and you could make $200 off the yeah lunch. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Jonathan. Literally someone with like 6,000 TikTok followers was like, I- I got paid $18,000 for a TikTok and one Instagram post. I'm like, you are lying. Stop yeah. putting this on the internet. Yeah, no one is good. Like, you're just literally lying to people. No one is making that much off of yeah. a TikTok. I'm like, everyone would be doing it, babes, if we could. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I don't know. That is interesting, though. I feel like we're heading in the more transparency direction with that sort of stuff. So we'll see what the future has in store. I wonder if this is even interesting to people. I feel like it has to be, but like my followers are like, oh. I know. That's anytime I like talk on TikTok, like whenever I'm watching a video, I'm like, oh, do I press post? Like, fuck. I'm like, is this fun? <laughs> but then the dumbest videos go viral. Like, I'm, yeah, oh exactly. God. You just got to put out the content. You never yeah. know who's going to like it, you know? Press send, press send, baby. Yeah. For most people, the new year means rethinking how they take care of themselves. That's like new year, new me vibes. Native makes it easy to switch to a personal care brand that makes all of their products with simple ingredients. I have been using Native deodorant for an entire year now, and they check so many boxes for me. They're aluminum free, 
24-hour odor protection, zero residue on skin application, and over 10 scents to choose from. One of my favorite scents is their coconut and vanilla aluminum-free deodorant, and it's been a customer favorite for years. They create products that are made with simple ingredients like shea butter and coconut oil, so you can smell great all day long. Doesn't matter how much you are running, doesn't matter how much you are getting after it, with that 24-hour odor protection, Native's got you covered. This year, up your personal hygiene routine with Native. Go to nativedo.com slash coldbrew or use promo code coldbrew at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's a steal. That's nativedeo.com slash coldbrew or use promo code coldbrew at checkout for 20% off your first order. Okay, well, I have a couple last questions from our audience. Oh, love. Yeah, for you. So um, what are some of your favorite TikTokers or who? Ooh, that's a good question. Like people that I'm like funny, like laughing out loud at. I, I'm like, who do you, they come up on your for you page and you're like, I love this. Banger. I love um, her name. Well, I don't actually, Alex Kasani. So she has two different accounts. One is Miss Mama. The other one is Captain Crook. So she goes to Pace University. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't know if uses they pronouns or she. I'm unsure about that, actually. And I should look that up. But the videos are absolutely hilarious. Like, so crazy in New York City. And they're a model. And so, so tall as well, just like wandering around the city. And I genuinely laugh like all the time um, about like monetizing your Depop business and like all of those like insider, like Y2K jokes. I just think it's hilarious. The comment section on their videos are so funny as well. Yeah, I agree. One of my favorites. Um, Yeah, love them. Who else are there? I mean, I love you and Lydia for like running content. Um, A few of my friends that I like follow on TikTok, like Marcus, if you know him and his brother, Sean. (laughs) I I, 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 Marcus comes up on my uh, For You page quite often. I follow him and I'm like, I'm very intrigued by his life. He went on one hand scares me because I'm yeah. like, how do you live this way? I was literally talking to my friend the other day. She's not a TikToker. She's like a YouTuber here with me in San Diego. And she's like, his, his skin looks so tight. Like he looks <laughs> like- It I is. He just, I don't know what his demeanor is, but it one like impresses me. And then it also scares me. And I yeah. really, and he just did some VO2 max testing and his VO2 max is literally 70 something. I was like, I, what? And then he hung out with my college teammate the other day. I'm like, what are you doing? What is going on? Yeah, no, he's like, we, he followed me on TikTok and like would always comment on my videos where I was making fun of straight men. And then I was like, oh, who's this guy with more followers following me? And then I was like, oh, he's like a really good runner. And so one time he texted me like, do you want to go on a run with Sean and I? And I was like, I can't keep up with your pace. Like, no yeah, I know they run so fast too. I'm like, geez, I'm like, there's no fucking way. So then like, oh, I actually saw them on a run one time and that's how this all started. And then I ran with them. I've run with them like three or four times, but he's genuinely such a nice person. Very routine oriented. Like you said, like very diligent, like serious. Wakes up at 4 a.m. Gets his work done. I literally saw this on my For You page. like up at 4 a.m. as always. <laughs> getting the most pressing emails done i was like i bro i can't keep up with this no routine. and like it's crazy I, and then oh my gosh okay sorry i'm interrupting his fridge tour that he did like i don't even months ago but it was like literally the only thing in his fridge was freaking broccoli berries oatmeal and and freaking milk and i'm like hey how is this the only thing that you eat every day yeah he like I asked him about that too from like a, a wellness perspective because we've talked about like supplements and stuff as well because that's kind of like my beat and yeah he eats the same thing every day just like tracks his macros and stuff and like coming from someone who's had an eating disorder like I could just not weigh out like how many grams of oatmeal I have like I'm just not <laughs> in need of that mental like structure yeah I would lose my mind 
but it's very interesting I've also thought this I've seen a few TikToks about how like the gym bro quote mentality where the dudes are super regimented like Loki gives off some orthorexia vibes like it's a little bit strict and routine I'm not saying Marcus but I'm saying some of those like fitness guys where they're like you know oil is bad and this is bad and I was like you're sounding like all the girls that gave me eating disorders in high school yeah but I'm honestly giving them the benefit of the doubt like if it's not ruining your life is it really bad like is it really that bad I mean obviously that lifestyle isn't for everyone but I do on one hand it's like if they enjoy it and if they feel fulfillment from it and it's not they're not like hurting themselves then I guess I mean is that bad maybe it's just a lifestyle I don't know no, I agree. I like go back and forth. Cause I'm like, damn, damn, they are just healthy. Like Marcus is just like a health conscious person and just like very strict about that. But then I always worry about like those who have platforms and kind of like what that signals to younger viewers, just cause like, oh, I'm, yeah. always, I'm so cautious about like ever speaking about food and exercise and stuff. And that's just like a personal stance I've taken of like, I'm not, I don't have a public Strava. Like I don't share like what I eat in a day videos just cause I know that that's like not my beat. I don't know. It's interesting. Cause I think sometimes the TikTok comment sections are like truly one of the dumbest places on the internet. <laughs> like you plug on a video and it's like, it could be about like the sky is blue. And someone's like, why do you hate dogs? Why do you hate dogs so much? I can just tell from your video, you hate dogs and I'm going to just dox you. <laughs> Never spoken about dogs in my life, but sure. Yeah. So I think like anything around food and movement honestly can get pretty twisted. Like regardless yeah. of the intent of the person, I just like people in the comment section are like, have main character syndrome <laughs> like this is not your video like shut up get out of here yeah Ugh, hate that about tiktok but yeah that's not yeah there's just like so many people that are exposed to the videos on tiktok it's just so different than something like youtube where it's like you're not really yeah. you're not going viral all the time so yeah just like, like random audience people. yeah, yeah like, it's the people who've seen you for four years so it's not like abnormal if you do something the way you do versus like it's the kind of how someone explained tiktok to me when i first downloaded that like as a creator he was like it's a first impression every single time you post a video. Like it is 15 seconds that people get to analyze if they like you or not. Yeah. That's like an intense amount of pressure because like if you're saying anything that's like a little bit controversial or gets on like a subject area that you might feel like has like some dicey controversy around it, like you're putting yourself at risk every single time. So that's you like better just be ready for mean comments because they will come to your way. Yeah. I think I've just noticed that too with like how it's just such a different platform to be on than like an Instagram or YouTube or something like a podcast because yeah the people don't know you that are seeing your videos and that's yeah. like so weird yeah it's very interesting I like the platform it's yeah it's new to me but it's just very interesting how yeah. to navigate that okay another question you talk a lot about dating which I'm always intrigued by also RIP West Elm Caleb I'm really sorry for you I was genuinely so excited for you you're like so excited that it just turned in this whole debacle classically this happened to me (laughs) I'm involved in this um yeah that was truly the worst week of my life not necessarily because of the dating situation right like I've been burned by plenty of dates and stuff and like I texted Caleb I was like yeah just we're not gonna hang out just based on like what's kind of happening but I was like a meme on Twitter. Like I, people were screenshotting my videos. It was all of the men's rights people. Like Hasanabi is his name or Hassan or something. He has a, a Twitch stream with like 1 million viewers. Yeah, someone <laughs> literally asked the question about that. Like, did you see his live stream? I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. So I'm not Yeah, and he's like, he's, he's a problematic dude. Like I didn't know much about him. He's like a left-wing socialist, but like a, a common theme in his videos is that he's like very, just like always puts women at the center of like all of his critiques. So it's like, bro, like that's not pretty progressive of you. And so, yeah, the video, like, while I agreed with a lot of it, like, I, I kind of said this on my TikTok where I was like, bro, I didn't mean, I didn't dox the guy. I didn't say any of his names until that was already already public information. Um, the tone of my video, I, yeah, I do regret it saying if I didn't care if he lived or died, like, that sucked. 
but yeah, it was just really weird to see just like so many fucking people. Like my parents were texting me. They're like, why is Forbes business writing an article about you? Like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know, but I want to cry and, and die in a hole. Like there were five days where I was just crying every single day. Yeah, I mean, that's um, just really stressful too. It's like, well, first of all, you're getting kind of heartbroken because you had this great, amazing date. Then second of all, it's like you make these videos and you just don't really know that they're going to go absolutely viral. And then everyone's sharing their opinion about everything. And then everyone has an opinion about you. And then- it feels like your whole world is like just crumbling down almost. Yeah. And then like also too, it's like, okay, well, uh, social media is my job now. So I do got to log back in at some point. Like, yeah. fuck, I can't really just delete my accounts. Like I deleted my Twitter just because the harassment and the death threats were getting very severe. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't just keep seeing my face and people like Photoshopping it and like putting memes on it and stuff. Like people were tweeting at like companies that I work with, like Kate Glavin raped me like just random fucking anonymous accounts, like trying to get me like, like from Hoka, Outdoor Voices, Moon Juice, where like Kate Glavin is like this, this, and this. And I was like, you're literally an anonymous account. And I, I know all the brands I work with well enough that none of them would like drop me for it. But it was just like, yeah. I'm like, Joe Biden, let's employ these fucking incels that got a lot of time. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But I think the next part that hurt about it is that like, there was so much misinformation. And that's like one thing that I really learned from that moment. Um, because the first thing was, oh, Kate, you're such a beautiful woman. How'd you fall for that guy? He's not that attractive. Then the next comments were, wow, Caleb should have ghosted you, you ugly bitch. And then it was like, then the comments were like, why are you so mad about a guy ghosting you? And I'm like, I didn't even get ghosted. Like that was not the story. And somehow since my video went the most viral, like everything about the storyline of this dude was getting projected onto me. And I was like, I wasn't sent a dick pic. I wasn't ghosted. I wasn't love bombed. Like I, that was not me. Those were all the other videos. So yeah. I was just like, wow, people are really fucking dumb on TikTok. Um, so yeah, I've kind of done a hiatus to my dating content now. I'm kind of in my, um, you know, celibacy era, I guess. Celibacy era. I have had no- I hurt. mean, that would be kind of traumatizing, honestly. Like, yeah, I, I do like talking about dating stuff on the internet, but again, people have a lot of opinions and then it just, I don't know, then it just gets dicey and you don't know who's going to see yeah. it. And then it just, but it's so had- fun and it's so interesting to like hear about and to talk about and- I know. And I've had so much fun like with it, I think in the past. And there's been a few moments where I'm like, oh, even though the guy says he doesn't have TikTok, like maybe one of his friends is going to see it. And that has happened to me before. Like there was a guy that like I went on two dates with. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen all your TikToks. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, Thanks for telling me now, buddy. And one guy like slid in that I was seeing for a few months, like slid into my hinge saying like big fan, like men are fans. Like I, I didn't really put that together and I thought it was funny. And so there's this one period of dating in New York, like when um, I think it was ugh, September to like November when I was dating this guy and we'd get stopped like everywhere. Um, and guys, people were like, oh, men are fans. Like you're with the men are fans girl. And he was so fucking awkward about it. Like, obviously. And I was like, sorry, this is so weird. But yeah, I have no urge to re-download a dating app. So that's the one thing that sucks is that like without dating apps, how the fuck am I going to meet someone? You know, like there's literally, I'm I'm freelance in my little cube apartment. I don't see straight men just like wandering and I'm not going to go like stop a dude. Yeah, um, it is so hard it, out here. I know. I do like dating apps because it does give you like access to people that you probably would never just stumble upon because I, I hate the whole girls they're the manifestation fucking girlies like it's gonna happen to you when you're not looking like yeah I'm like I don't know I've never been looking I've been single for three years so. yeah I wasn't looking when I fucking exited my mom's womb so shut up and like <laughs> all these girls have had boyfriends since they've been 12 and I'm like yeah it's so easy for you Kelsey and then I also think with dating stuff I hate the advice I'm like you guys are 24 no shade but you've had two relationships in your life like you've not married you've never lived with someone like you know, all the tips that are like, 
three ways to like know if he's into you I'm yeah like, we're all very different people so no yeah um I agree the, the funny stuff I like about dating but you you go on like so many dates though like you you're and I'm jealous because I'm on hinge and I have had the worst luck ever like I don't know if I'm too particular or what it is, but I'm just like, I can't. So I don't, I was the same thing. I'm like, I'm not getting any matches or there's dudes that are all shorter than me um, or dudes that I like don't really have anything in common with. And like, I hate to say I've been on a lot of Tinder dates. Uh, like Tinder, Tinder date. Oh, I did see, I was like looking for your TikTok Tinder partner. So yeah, we're also sponsored by Tinder. Tinder pay my bills. Someone gave me a mean take and we're like, Kate thinks she's such a feminist yet she's working with Tinder. And I was like, honestly, I just want someone to pay my rent here. So shut up. Like my videos- <laughs> I'm trying to find a boyfriend. So yeah. Um, fuck you stranger for projecting onto me. Like I never said I was an ethical person on the internet. Like <laughs> take that within context. But yeah, with Tinder, I like pitched them ideas and they sent back feedback for like before I posted the TikToks. They're like, okay, like, thanks for sending the videos, but like, these are way too negative about men. So we're not going to be able to run these. (laughs) I was like, did we not do our research on my platform here? Um, Kind of a men's rights wanting to take them away. So yeah, it was funny, but I don't know about dating stuff now because I'm like not even trying to date. Who knows? Maybe Mr. Mr. Right guy will come and sweep me off my feet when I'm not looking. Right when you're not looking. Yep. This is when it will happen when you're not even like your your blinders are on (laughs) so who knows around it knows yeah one last question what are your favorite hokas because you're a hoka girly through and through i am i am um i have exciting hoka news on april 1st i think i can share um but i'm just gonna be like working with them so (laughs) like in a more official serious way winking and nod so my favorite shoes by them have kind of changed like so I was introduced to Hoka when I worked at Outdoor Voices Retail because they sold the Clifton fives like the the white one the the rainbow laces and so that's when I started running in Hoka's and I really liked them and then after that I tried a bunch of different models I tried the Bondi's the Clifton's I really like currently the Bondi X's so they're like similar to the Bondi sole which are like super super cushy like I think I'm 6'2 when I wear my Bondi's because they're so tall um but the Bondi X's are like a little bit smaller of a heel and they have a carbon plate in them, which is nice. And then in the summer, I run in the Rincons, which are another, they're like a, a lighter weight shoe. Um, but yeah, it's mostly like the Bond and Bondi's and the Rincons. And I haven't really experimented uh, beyond that. Um, but yeah, they're sick. Hoka also, I always plug, they have like a quiz on their site that helps you get paired with a model. Cause I do think that it is like paralysis. If you're like trying to buy a running shoe and you have no idea, um, I found it to be pretty helpful. So that could be a tool too. There you go. I really do like Hoka's. They're very cushiony and they make my knees feel great. Especially yeah. if you run on concrete a lot. I feel like they're really helpful for that. Yeah. And they're nice just like walking shoe too. Like my parents wear them just to like walk around and stuff. So they're fun. I hope that Hoka, some of their colorways, I'm like, babes, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, so hopefully wink and a nod that I'll get to do some colorway stuff with them. That's- yeah. I'd push for that. Some good colors for the girlies. <laughs> okay. Well, um, where can people follow you? I mean, a lot of people probably already do, but where can they check out your stuff? Well, you know, it's just my name, uh, Kate Glavin. So on TikTok and Instagram. And then, but yeah, I guess I have a podcast. If you want to listen, it's called What the Fuck is CMOS? Debunking the World of Wellness. So I co-host it with my best friend here in New York. Um, we talk about things like you know, IT band inflammation, what is ashwagandha, what are adaptogens, what are probiotics, is fish bad for you, is food and climate change, so 
that's sort of the center of the podcast. And along with that, we have a meme page, which is like my pride and joy. Um, it's called CMOS Girlies. And we post like three memes every single day about health and wellness. And it's fun. So give us a follow if you like weird health and wellness stuff. Maybe you'll learn something and maybe you'll get a giggle out of it for free. So who knows? <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. We talked about so much in this podcast, so many different directions. Literally, the brain is spiraling. Yeah, see, this is like multitasking. My brain is just like in 500 directions. But yeah. that's like what makes for a good conversation, you know? Yeah, we're multifaceted girlies. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, Kate, to end the podcast, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Of course, Emma. Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Comic Liver Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun getting to know Kate a little bit better. This was our first time chatting and I just love talking to other content creators. It's always really interesting to me and people in the running world, especially someone that has started running later in life. I just find it very fascinating and informational, honestly, for me to chat with them. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Kate. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date and submit listener questions. And don't forget to submit that review to Apple Podcasts because that helps me so much. Thank you guys again for listening and I will see you all next week. Peace out, fellas. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.